action. Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you have never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Friday the 13th was a big hit when it was released in 1980 and it went on to spawn 10 sequels and a remake. Joshua and I have watched all 12 so you don't have to. I'm so tired. So the origin has quite an interesting story. There was a guy called Sean S. Cunningham. Yeah. And he liked what happened with Halloween. Uh-huh. So he he took uh, an ad out in, I think, Variety saying, I've got a new film and it's called Friday the 13th because he really wanted something that was uh, sort of based upon a date, you know, like Halloween. And he didn't have any funding. He didn't have, even have a script. He just had an idea for a title. And then funding just found him, from what I understand. Yeah, it's um, he saw Halloween. He thought, right, that's been a massive hit. Loved it. Horrors maybe kind of taken a swing in this direction. I want to do something about it. And then he came up with Friday the 13th, which is, is a great title for a film. And you can understand why it founded this enormous franchise. Um, yeah, but I don't really understand what the fuck. It's turned into this insane monster you know, that is bits falling off it and doesn't really make any sense. And I prefer, see, I prefer that over what it started as because it started as this funny little trilogy uh-huh. that was essentially the same film remade over and over again. But the, the, the first film, I don't understand if people then found that scary because it's so dry and there's no... Yeah, well, he that's what Cunningham said, was he wanted to make something that was really genuinely scary. He failed. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, they definitely tried. I think the thing about the first one is that really stands out is the gore effects by Tom Savini. Like, he, that wasn't the first one, though. Yeah, it was. Tom Savini didn't do the first. He yeah, he did. did. the fourth, didn't he? He did the first and the fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah, so cause, because he essentially created... He says that he created Jason. And so when part four... Sub, subtitle the final chapter came along um he got brought on and he kind of said that he pushed to get the gig because he wanted to be the one to kill off jason oh okay that's I don't, a, i'm not I sure that's, that. i don't think that's actually true i think actually the guy who was doing the effects got fired for some reason um but but yeah the thing that stands out for me is the gore the, the first film's gore effects still i think stand up really well they're really well done they're pretty grisly no, do you disagree? <laughs> I, yeah, I really do disagree. Like the, the bit where um, Kevin Bacon's lying in bed, yeah, and then a hand comes out from underneath the bed, holds his 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 forehead, and he's obviously stabbing him from behind. Yeah, the close up of the the blade coming out of the neck is really good. Uh-huh. But then when they cut to like a wider shot of Kevin in bed, he has the longest, like <laughs> inhumanly long neck. I do, I've never noticed that. I was rolling around laughing. <laughs> I'm such an internet term, rolling around. But I just thought it was Ruffle. fucking laughable. And when when Mrs. Voorhees gets her head chopped off at the end, no, come on. You can't say that's that's good. It's schlocky. It is schlocky, yeah. But, but I think it's effective. And it's 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 a it had never been done before, I don't think, that quite that graphically. Really? In, in kind of a you teen think? 
Yeah, like a teen horror film. Like Halloween has maybe a teaspoon of blood in the entire film. I don't think there's any blood in Halloween. Yeah, and and this kind of went the complete opposite way. There's not that much blood in, in this first instalment. There's a fair amount. It's Is pretty there? gory. Like you see lots of bodies and corpses and bloody... But you see corpses in Halloween. In fact, you see all the dead people in Halloween. But there's not really any blood, though. Like... I didn't think there was a great deal. I mean, there's more blood later on. Yeah. In in later films. Yeah. Not in this this first one. I think the twist of this first one is genuinely good. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, it works. And when she when she first turns up Mrs. Voorhees, um when she first turns up it with is with her jumper. Yeah, with her great knitwear. <laughs> uh it is like shit, who is this and and who are the Christies and why does she know them and what's going on and actually she's great until she has to have a cat fight yeah. with Adrian King and then it just becomes the most laughable it is really thing laughable. you've ever seen. Do you think, you know that guy, uh, Crazy Ralph? Oh yeah. There's one thing that I had to pause the DVD when I was watching it and just have a think about this. The film opens with various kids heading to Camp Crystal Lake and one of them is this backpack and she goes through like the town petrol station with the cafe next to it mm-hmm. and she's like i'm going to camp crystal lake and they're like well that's 20 miles away i'll give you a lift so she gets a lift with some bloke yeah and before she's getting in the van at this cafe crazy ralph is grabbing his bike and he says something like you're gonna die or some shit it's got a death curse that's it but then by the time the kids get to camp crystal lake later on Crazy Ralph has cycled there. <laughs> He's been missing for days. Don't you remember there's a line? The cop says his wife is so pleased that you've, we found him. He cycled <laughs> 20 miles. This is back in the day. Was it 20 miles or was it t- 20 kilometres? 20 miles. That's, <gasps> that's, that's why twice so across London. Yeah. The guy's in his 70s. What the fuck's he drinking? I don't, I don't know. It's on rocket fuel or Red Bull. The thing that blew my but mind... The, but that's the only thing that I thought that took me out of the movie. Everything right. else I'm all right with. <laughs> no, the, the thing that took me out was when the cop did say to whoever it was, oh, you know, they're really glad. Uh, Ralph's wife is really pleased that we found him. And I was like, hang on, Ralph has a wife. And is it Mrs. Voorhees? Well, do you get the idea that he was meant to be like a red herring? He was meant to be for us as the audience to think, well, is it Crazy Ralph? Well, he's the prophet of death. Like he's the, like in all the, I don't know, classic tales, there's always the prophet of death. And he's the one who's kind of like, you're all gonna die. Like, I don't think you were supposed to think he was actually going to kill anybody. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I know who the killer is. (laughs) (laughs) It would be interesting to watch this with my memory of the film taken away, just to see what it's like to watch fresh in 2017. When did you first watch this first one the first one i saw when i was 15 maybe and i thought it was kind of scary so we're talking 98 uh yeah that was that was around the time i really started getting into horror films and i kind of i lived for the horror franchises so halloween friday the 13th uh nightmare on elm street all of the big ones i was completely obsessed with the howling not so much the howling was the the first one was great and then the rest of them were awful i didn't know there was more Um, than one howling there's eight i want to say yeah yeah but um yeah, I, I grew up on a on a steady diet of VHS slasher films. I kind of worked my way through the Friday the 13th franchise. So I hadn't seen most of these. Okay. I'd seen the first and you three. Kind of, do you wish you hadn't? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, some of them actually, I, I, I genuinely think they're really decent premises, the movies, like the storylines, the ideas. Um, but I'll come on, to, come on to why I think that 
they kind of fail mm-hmm. um, or they don't they're not fully realized when I first I, I saw the first three back in the day probably around the time that you were watching them as well and they bored me they really did bore me because by the third film it's the same shit over and over again it's just a slightly different ending Jason gets a, a sack on his head Jason gets a hockey mask yeah, I, I mean, you know you're in trouble when your first sequel by the end has fallen into self-parody. Yeah. Um, like, they clearly didn't have any idea really what to do with it. Hmm. Um, and the thing is, like, it's it's a franchise that is built on the strength of basically three elements, and they are Jason's hockey mask, they are Harry Manfredini's music. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. one. And the cool title. Like, they're the three kind of pillars of Friday the 13th, I think. For those first three, it's not enough. No, and, and that's why they started throwing around these kind of silly concepts. Later on, they kind of had, they, they gave them more of a hook. So even though they, it's still the same film, you know, ten times over, they did start to kind of play around with the hook. Yeah. And they got... They got and the whole franchise is also built on marketing, so... They've always been very, they were always very canny with the marketing. So the first film only came about because the title was great mm. and people wanted to go and see it. And, and that's, that continued throughout the franchise. They just had to find different ways to hook people in to watch the same film again. <laughs> They're all like that, though. Halloween films are like that, apart from the, the third one. Yeah. I think only Nightmare on Elm Street is, is the one that has a genuine great character and a great premise. Yeah, when you go cool. in surreal and, and dreamlike, you can do anything. Yeah, like Halloween was the scary one, and Nightmare on Elm Street was the cool one, and Friday the 13th was the kind of cheap, stupid one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Paramount were embarrassed by it yeah. at one point. Can you name any of the kids in the first three films? Oh, yeah, well, I could I could name uh, Ginny. Ginny, she? she's the final girl in the second film. She looks a bit like Mark Helgenberger from CSI. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I loved her. I, I, rewatching it, I didn't... She wasn't as as heroic as I remembered her being. But I think the reason I love her is because she's the clever one who tries to kind of psychoanalyze Jason. So she only survives because at the end she puts on his mother's oh, yeah. oh, jumper the, the, and pretends dirty, to be... Dirty, rotten... Yeah, jumper from a corpse. Yeah, but if you're cornered and you and the only way out is to pretend that you're someone's dead mother and no, wear her grotty old no, jumper, I'd rather die. <laughs> well, the wear knitwear. This is why. <laughs> this is why you aren't a final girl. But she's great. But um, the but rest of them, them, can you? Tommy, Tommy was. Well, Tommy's Tommy's like Tommy's part different. of his own trilogy, which is later. Yeah, he's yeah. the only one that I can actually name. The rest of them, they're all completely interchangeable. They, yeah. they don't have an arc. I got to the point where I was I was watching them, but I was just waiting for the last half an hour because that's when, you know, shit would kick off. Yeah. It takes about 15 minutes to do some setup, then 45 minutes to do killing them one by one, and then half an hour running around screaming like lunatics. And then like a stupid little kind of epilogue scare involving yeah. someone jumping out of somewhere and he's not dead. Hoping to set up the next one. Yeah. Maybe. It's, but the, the hilarious thing is, though, that even though we can't really name any of the characters, there are... There are fans who know all of the characters and people have clearly paid attention, even though it seems like the scripts were just kind of cobbled together, people have paid attention because in part four, randomly, you discover that Rob, forgotten who he even is, is actually the brother of Sandra, 
Who's Sandra? And Sandra is one of the victims from part two. And so in part, in part four, this guy is just suddenly like, oh yeah, by the way, my sister died uh, uh, by being, you know, something happened to her. Um, and it's like this completely pointless link between these two characters that nobody is ever going to remember. And it, it's like, okay, uh, I'm so sense. glad that there's a bit of backstory there. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I kind of feel that the backstory of you know, Mrs. Voorhees and Jason dying. I would have liked to have seen more of that. I would have liked, maybe that could have been the first film. It's a fucking mess. The mythology for this franchise, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even try to make any sense. It's such a fucking mess. It's like, it's all because um, the final girl in the first film, at the very end, she says, then he's still out there. And it's like, well, (laughs) no, he's not because he drowned when he was a kid. Which makes no sense for him to come back no it doesn't because if mrs Voorhees is is this kind of psychotic mother who's gone crazy with grief there is no way that she would have done any of this stuff if jason had actually kind of popped up 10 minutes later and be like oh sorry mom i'm fine yeah there's no they don't but also the fact that in the first one she's really strong and she's got great stealth and she's got this amazing ability to overpower these kids one by one and kill them but then later on, she's just like an old woman trying to stop her shopping, rolling away on the floor, <laughs> scrambling around trying to kill someone with a massive knife. It doesn't, that doesn't make sense. There's no tie up there. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Part four is when I thought it started to get a little bit interesting. Part four is... That's the one with Corey Feldman. Yeah. And they introduce a family for the first time, which, which immediately raises the stakes. Ish. Well, they're you, all forgettable apart from Tommy. Well, he's got Tommy and his sister and his mum. And, and because they've got the house of teens next door who you know are going to get butchered, you're kind of like, well, maybe the, maybe the family are going to be okay. And big shock, they're not. No. Um, but it does add, I think, a little bit more tension than, than previously. The one thing that, again, stuck out for me, and a lot like Ralph on his bike, when Jason's attacking at the end... Of and, part four. Of part four. And Tommy has the great idea to go upstairs because he's into like you know monster movies and making masks and blood blood effects essentially like a young tom savini Mm -hmm. while jason's attacking downstairs tommy in record time transforms himself into jason someone he's never seen before he has no idea what this jason looks like and yet he gets it spot on yeah not only does he do it in record time you know, it's the most inappropriate time to start playing with your makeup, but also he he knows what to do. That that doesn't well, make any seen fucking a sense to me. He had seen a newspaper clipping picture of a boy that they you know of Jason Voorhees. Did he? Yeah, yeah. I must he, have fucking missed that's that why. bit. Yeah, he'd seen that, so that's that's why he did that. Yeah. When it when to, when when Corey Feldman came on screen, I had to pause and just put on that weird musical act thing that he did on American television last year. Have you seen? No, it? what's that? So he, you know, he's like fucking mad now. He was on some sort of like Good Morning America type show, but I don't think it was good. It might have been Good Morning Good Morning America. But he came on, he had this band with him and he was wearing this kind of black snakeskin hoodie with like tight fitting clothes and the hood was up and he looked like, he looked like a ninja. And he started doing this, like this fucked up song. And he was doing all like these Michael Jackson moves and dancing and a little bit. And then a guy comes out who's dressed like a, a call center worker and does this like rap thing. It was fucking weird. But I paused the movie to go watch that because that's more enjoyable. But when I came back to the movie, that's when roughly around the time that he did like the makeup shit. Uh... 
I'm so glad you're paying full attention to watching (laughs) Friday the 13th Part 4. Watching a child stab a man. That was quite horrific. Yeah, that's one of the things that I like about Parts 4 and Part 6, is that you actually get, like, kind of camper kids. Um, And Tommy's the first one of those. I mean, he's not a camper, but he's a kid going up against Jason. And, um, yeah, it does add a kind of a weight to it, and it does kind of make you aware of the the horror of the situation as well. Because, you know, the teenagers are all quite dispensable and interchangeable but then to have tommy um you do you really you see it through his eyes and it is a horrific situation it just reminds you that the film is based upon the murder of a child mm. or the death well, the, the death accidental of death of a child yeah and then the revenge of the mother mm-hmm. killing other children so th- this film is based upon the death of children yeah and she's not killing ki- she's not killing children she's killing they're she- not well they're not adults are they they're all She's like the avenging angel. She's like, she's punishing the teenagers for doing bad things. So everyone, everyone who dies is like being promiscuous or smokes weed or gets drunk or that kind of stuff. Like everyone in the franchise dies because of doing that. But that's got nothing to do with the death of Jason. Uh, I guess it's res- being re- irresponsible. I don't know. How judgmental of her. <laughs> <laughs> what judgmental That's horrible. for you. Yeah. <laughs> And also part four has the starriest cast. It's Corey Feldman and it's Crispin Glover. It's Crispin Glover in it. Crispin Glover is one of the guys who gets, he gets the machete in the face in the kitchen. The one in the wheelchair? No, no, no. That's the second one. <laughs> oh, I loved it when that wheelchair guy was rolling down and they had to like... Slow-mo. Well, they did it slight slow-mo, but then they like pause it and like zoom in. Clearly because the dummy had fallen out of the wheelchair. <laughs> and that's all the film they had. But Crispin Glover, he... was he played before? He's in Back to the Future. He is, isn't he? He's George McFly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I don't. I didn't recognise him. Yeah, he's he's actually quite dashing in um, Friday the 13th Part 4. Some I of them are good looking. I think that's the thing is like... Kevin Bacon, you know, cut a mean figure back in the day. Yeah, that's the thing is that a lot of the, you know, the big fuss is made is made about the, the nubile young girls getting their boobs out and all that nonsense. Um, but actually, there actually, there's actually quite a lot of man candy going on in the Friday the 13th films as well. But it's not oogled on in the same way as oh, the Oh, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, this is the most sexist movie franchise you could ever have the misfortune of stumbling into. Like, Oh, absolutely. The women are pure objects to be ogled, and the men are, treat them horrifically, like, worse than Jason, I would say. Jason just wants to kill them. The guys, <laughs> the guys like, you know, practically molest them. And I mean, the girls do seem to be up for it as well, but it's... It's this weird kind of male vision of what a young woman is like. It's yeah. just really bizarre. It's absolutely male gaze. And it, I guess that's why it was so perfect for Michael Bay to be involved in the reboot. <laughs> this is this is like a really awful thing to say, but it's something I did notice. And it's that the fact that the earlier films, all the women look quite, I mean, they're very skinny, but they are all natural in their assets. Oh, and then, yeah. the, and as you get onto like Freddy versus Jason, all these women with these huge fake boobs in. Yeah, and Playboy bunnies. Oh God, it's horrific. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed Tommy's trilogy. Yeah. And I thought the guy that played him in the fifth movie, mm. what was that? So one, A two, new three, beginning. the final chapter. New beginning. So the guy that played him in the fifth movie... I think he gave the best performance of all 12 films. It was genuinely nuanced. It was subtle. I think his name's Stephen something. Isn't he John Shepard? I think he's called John Shepard or something. 
<laughs> but he was he was genuinely good. He is, he was a proper actor. Like he didn't. I don't think he actually even wanted to do this film. I think someone convinced him to do it. Um, I think he's a he's a theatre actor. He was a theatre actor, um, and he kind of wasn't actually sure if he even wanted to play this role and someone convinced him to do it and he's actually he did a he's fucking good, good job well yeah and also like he went into um kind of psychiatric care units and he met patients and he studied them and he used that in his performance i think he has about 10 lines in the entire film yeah completely um, it's almost like he is jason's foil jason never talks but he doesn't true, even make a sound true. when he gets when he gets hurt oh ouch yeah yeah and you know this this tommy barely barely talks and i yeah. thought he did it did exceptionally well he was great and his arc is really interesting the fact that he is so haunted by um the the memory of the person that he's murdered that he can't move on with his life and he's having these weird flashbacks and number five actually has the best premise of them all because jason's mm. not in it spoiler spoiler jason's not in it it was like watching a twilight zone episode or the outer limits yeah and definitely. i i wonder if this film started off as a as something else as a non friday the 13th movie and they repurposed it and threw in a couple of jason things because if you if you think about it it, it's just a guy who's so traumatized by a childhood trauma Mm -hmm. that he's now in a psychiatric ward if you take out the fact that it's jason you still have a pretty decent movie there's nothing that ties it to the crystal lake myth uh, mythos yeah when i first saw part five as a teenager i absolutely hated it and it's because jason wasn't in it and it wasn't a continuation of that story mm-hmm. but as as a serious grown-up person i actually thought part five was pretty good it's the best one yeah it was actually pretty good it's the best one along with um nine and eleven so the best one. Oh, so Jason with, goes to hell. Jason goes to hell and Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. Um, yeah. Now, after five, six and seven get really muddled in my head. So six is Tommy. Six is like a, is more of a comedy horror. So it's, I like six because it's really playful and it's got some great lines in it. And the characters are, are really well-rounded. And actually like the actors they got in for part six are weirdly really good and really is that the one with the psychic girl? No, that's part seven. So part six went funny. Like the, the franchise kind of flip-flops between this really weird, goofy thing that it did and then trying to actually be really scary. So part five was kind of psychologically scary. Part six is really goofy, but quite good with it. And then part seven tries to be scary again. And then part eight goes goofy. It's like this weird thing so, that it did. The, so part six, is that the one where they were making sort of referential comments about horror films? And the and the gate and the groundskeeper looks into yeah. the camera at one point and says something like, "Why would anyone watch that?" or some shit like that. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, that's part six. That's part six. Then when when basically Jason becomes a zombie, is part six. Oh, fuck. The lightning yeah, because raises him from the Tommy dead. goes and he's like, "Yeah, doesn't he say something stupid like the only way I'll ever be able to forget about him is to burn his body, is to look at his corpse and burn it." Yeah, like, eh. but which corpse? Which corpse is is it? Because is it the corpse of the Jason that died in the fifties in the lake? When this he is drowned? why it doesn't make any sense. Or is it the corpse? It's the corpse of the Jason that he killed as a child. So why was he buried with his hockey mask? Because well, it wasn't he wore, he wore a hockey mask in part four. Yeah, but why was he buried with it? I guess they just thought he might want it. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> the whole the whole thing is a mess, as I said, fucking mess. 
but I, I, I when they start bringing in the supernatural stuff, that's when I, I kind, I, I quite like that when he, you know, he's re, he's reanimated mm-hmm. by elect by lightning by electricity. That that seems that to make scientific get, sense to me. Well, it make, makes absolute scientific sense. But that's stuff I can get on board with. Yeah, there was, it was it was fun and it made it into a different kind of horror film, um, and it kind of partly gave a reason for why this guy just won't stop and like the franchise kind of went did this odd thing where it partly tried to explain bits and then other other times just went la 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 that this is why it's happening <laughs> like in like in um jason goes to hell where suddenly yeah there's a knife that's going to kill him but you know oh, jesus um, a magical knife so seven's the one with the psychic girl tina that's, tina yeah. that's the one that i i seven and eight i i just don't have time for I was really bored during those. Um, Seven, actually, I thought was... It was better than I remembered. I thought the uh, Tina was like one of the worst uh, final girls because even though she's got these amazing powers, she basically spends the entire film crying her eyes out and getting saved by guys. Well, she only seems to be able to use it either when she's really angry or she doesn't seem to like docs very much, does she? <laughs> she's always fucking those shit up. Dogs? No. <laughs> <laughs> she hates dogs. Yeah. She never watches Crufts never but part seven i thought it's directed by a special effects artist these films had a director yeah i know shocking but this guy john carl buchler berkler he was a a special effects guy and he made he directed part seven and that means that the the special effects are amazing like all the gore and stuff is fantastic and jason looks amazing because he's kind of got this decomposing uh outer exterior where you can like see his spine and it's kind of cool and then the mask comes off and he looks like jack frost that awful <laughs> yeah. horror film. Um, but uh but actually it's, it's a really atmospheric entry like there's some great moments like there's a bit where a guy goes into the kitchen and there's lightning goes off and you just glimpse jason just standing in the corner and there's actually some really cool <sighs> stuff in parts i don't remember that i really don't remember that it's like i said six and seven really blur in yeah. aids i saw as a kid that's the one on the boat that makes uh-huh. no sense jason takes manhattan for about 30 minutes it doesn't really take manhattan it's not even for 30 minutes i'd say it's for about 10 15 minutes part eight my notes for part eight consist of two words just weird <laughs> like from the opening <laughs> seconds of the film it's like it's just it's been inserted by somebody who's never seen a friday the 13th film like the opening credits looked like something from like Dick Tracy or something. Yeah, that was really weird. Like they opened with like a a noirish kind of narration. Or, yeah, like a, a philosophical. These mean streets, you know, they're yeah. gonna take you down. It was almost like they went backwards. They they reverted back yeah. to the first three films. Mm-hmm. The idea of killing them off one by one, and then having someone survive at the end. But I don't remember. Oh, just a couple, wasn't it, who survived at the end, and they walk off to central square or something square yeah central square Times square i've never been to new york nine i think is such a great premise but another one where i think it sounds like they've taken a script that was meant for something else and repurposed it for jason oh yeah and it sounds like part two or whatever they took it from because there's all this backstory suddenly he's got a sister and there's this knife and the duke he's gonna do it and he's gonna get the sister to kill jason with the knife and it's all shoehorned in but the body swapping stuff is brilliant oh yeah like when that guy eats the heart yeah and the fbi at the beginning with the girl that was a nice flip not literally i mean she literally she did flipped, flip yeah but it's a nice <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice flip that it opens and you just think 
oh same old shit yeah and then suddenly she's like running around like sarah connor yeah and and he gets blown to shit by the fbi i don't know why the fbi yeah. would do well, it well because jason goes to hell exists in a post x-files world so it feels like an episode of the x-files it's it it was it came out in 1995 which is two years after the x-files first started airing was and, it 95 uh, or 93 yeah, 95 93 was when Exile started. 95 is when Jason Goes to Hell came out. Okay. And, but I, I really, it, it feels like an actual film. Like a lot of the, the, the Friday the 13th films don't feel like actual films. They're yeah, just kind I, of yeah, clothes lines with bodies hung up on them. Um, whereas this one felt like an actual narrative. Um, but the hilarious thing is that the Friday the 13th films feel like fan fiction like every entry feels like someone has seen the first film loved it for whatever reason and decided to kind of do their own thing with it and it just feels like it's a franchise made up out of fan fiction and jason goes to hell is an entry in that where there's nothing really bridging any of them tonally or or narratively apart from set pieces are the halloween movies as disjointed as that i think i've only seen the first the Halloween movies, and then maybe some of the later ones. Yeah, the Halloween movies. At least the mythology makes its own kind of sense. Whereas Friday the Thirteenth just couldn't give a fuck. No, it's, it's all just over like the show. Jason died. Oh wait, no, he didn't, and he's back as a grown man, uh, <laughs> and now he's killing everyone because and now why? you can eat his heart, and his blood's always black, and he can transfer from one body. He's actually a hell to snake. another. Yeah, but then he's a hell snake. Is that what they said? No, that's my word for it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the poster has a snake going in and out of the the hockey yeah. mask. Rex from Desperate Housewives was in it. Yes, and Carl from uh, Desperate Housewives in the remake. <laughs> That's who it was. Yeah, yeah, the cop. He was the cop. That's yeah. who it fucking was. Because I, I was watching that only yesterday thinking, that guy looks really familiar. And there's even a character in one of them called Brie. It's almost like they just wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe Mark Cherry works on them. Yeah. And at one point, I think it might have been six or seven. It's one of those ones. The couple that the car won't get out of the mud. The guy that gets out the car is one of the bad guys from Ghost. Oh. And he gets speared and thrown over. Yeah, yeah. That's six, I think. Is that six? Yeah. Is that the comedy one? That's when she Com- gets killed in the puddle and it's actually really quite not not okay. <laughs> I don't think that any of the deaths are no, I know. okay. No, it's just... That <laughs> I mean, particularly... could you name a death that you think, oh yeah, that guy, that's, that's justified. Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, there's right one of the guys that. in the remake. I was just like, you deserve to die in that horrific way. You're an absolute <laughs> cock. Uh, who was that? Oh, he, he was the uh, the blonde guy who owned this amazing house in the, in the the by the lake. Oh yeah, how did he die? He... Anyway, I finished watching that yesterday, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I finished this morning. Uh-huh. Uh, he had a machete shoved through his chest and then he got chucked onto the back of a truck. Oh, yeah, and then driven off. And driven yeah. off, so... Yeah, did. well, he did deserve to die, yeah. so fuck him. This is the thing that I really don't understand about this franchise, is that... So Jason is quite prolific. He gets around a bit. He's killing yeah. a lot. But he doesn't seem to kill everyone. And he even seems to kill, like, random locals for no reason just because he fancies it. Yeah. So, so the... I was thinking this with with the remake. Why does he keep her in you know the under oh, well, in the basement? Why does he keep her? Well, there's a psychological reason for that. I think you'll find. Is there? No, he. Uh, well, because there's that stupid bit at the beginning where the guy goes, "Oh my God, look! You look just like his that girl in that picture," and it's obviously that's his mum, I guess. Uh, so he's kept. Why because... don't I pay attention? Like yeah. in certain films, you just don't pay attention because you don't feel you need to. Yeah. <laughs> like these. Well, there. Were... But shouldn't this list? I'm, you know, I'm watching that. I'm all over that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I feel like that's probably a good thing. <laughs> um, Jason X is 
I, I, I just words. What was just that? Escape me. Words what? escape me. It felt like watching a really cheap uh, sci-fi, as in S Y F Y channel sci-fi channel movie like sharknado yeah or like some kind of like they used the sets of like a star trek porn parody or something yeah, and just and decided lit, to shoot a horror lit film badly the cgi was that's all right well the cgi was shit for for 2001 if you think jurassic park came out eight years before yeah true space knitwear the knitwear in this series is just phenomenal. Would you think that was a reference back to Mrs. Voorhees? That may have been, actually. I was wondering why everyone had kind of knitted vests and... Mrs. Voorhees. Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, I keep saying... Yeah. Up until watching the films recently, I've always said Jason Voorhees. <laughs> I can't I mean, even get his name right. Voorhees is a pretty strange name. <laughs> I'm sure you could add another V in there. Yeah, I, Jason... commend them. I commend them for moving the franchise off into a new direction but if you're going to take it to space do something other than the kill them one by one format because there's, there's nothing new it just happens that it takes place 100 miles north of here as yeah. opposed to you know over in camp crystal lake yeah. it was nice that they did the the simulation that's they my put favorite in, bit yeah and there's a callback because he 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 starts hitting people with um sleeping bags and which stuff. he did in, in one of the earlier films yeah i think it was part six or seven when he kills someone by whacking their you know sleeping bag against a tree yeah but and they're um, in it yeah that actually got cut quite a lot i think i think in the original cut he he hit the girl against a tree quite a few times and you they think they cut it back to just once yeah. well you remember seeing the cut that no no there's a whole i mean there's there's websites full of people talking about the various cuts from the friday the 13th films because i don't, I don't know if you noticed but after part one they, they get progressively less gory until you hit i think two and three are less gory then four goes back to being quite out there i had that because i had tom savini yeah so you yeah. would expect it to be yeah and then five six and seven i think kind of cut back a bit more but but yeah the, they were plagued by the the mpaa the motion yeah. picture arts blah, 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 whatever it is i fucking loved it when freddie vs jason came out in what was it 2003 yeah because i i much prefer freddie yeah, Much I before. love A Nightmare on Elm Street. He is my favourite child molester. <laughs> of all the child molesters in the world, yeah. I think he takes the top spot. You've got to go with Freddy. You've got to go with Freddy. Just, just as a viewer, he's, he's more engaging. He's more charismatic to watch. He's witty. He's yeah. incredibly funny. But also because it deals, because that series deals with dreams, it's more surreal and the visuals are brilliant and the things they can do and the things they do do are great yeah Fre freddy versus jason after having watched what 10 friday the 13th films yeah freddy versus jason was like a breath of fresh air i was like oh my god this is what a film looks <laughs> like and should maybe kind of be and it was slick it's it directed fast directed by ronnie Yu, who did bride of chucky oh, so it, okay. it's very knowing very very kind of gorgeous saturated visuals um he's obviously a big horror fan mm -hmm. um yeah, I, I actually, when I first saw Freddy vs. Jason, I didn't like it. I was just being a stupid teenager. But I think I probably have been slightly brainwashed after watching 10 installments of Friday the 13th. But I actually really liked it a lot. It's Yeah, it's, it's great fun because it's nice to see Freddy back off the leash. And it's nice to see them interacting. And the premise is really decent. And it fits into the, the mythos of yeah. both films. Yeah. Freddy needs people to fear him. That's where he gets his power from. That's something that's been apparent since the first film uh -huh. 
Nancy defeats Freddy in the first film by saying, I don't fear you anymore. She turns her back on him and he disappears. Mm-hmm. He's lost his power to, to go between the dream world and our world. Mm-hmm. And Jason has mother issues. So it makes perfect sense for Freddy to use that as a way of sending Jason back to make the kids scared of him so he can come back and kill them all. Yeah, it's clever. And it, do you know what? It took 18 scripts for them to get to that point because they, they just couldn't figure out how to do it. So Jason Goes to Hell was 95 and it ends obviously... It's actually 93. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, crap. Oh, well. well, it ends with Freddy's glove coming out. And yeah. So that's the massive tease because... Uh, who was it? New Line had, had got the rights to Jason and yes. Freddy by that point. Um, so it's a massive tease. And then it took them, what? 10 years. 10 years to actually get the film out. But I'm glad it took them 10 years. Yeah. Because some of the effects in Freddy vs. Jason are spot on. Even mm. now they look great. It's still, a, you know, what's it, 14, 15 years later. It's a great looking movie, just visually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's great. I, I actually really liked it. The effects are fine. When, you know, they're throwing each other around the boiler room. Yeah, the pinballing bit. That's yeah, great. It, just, it just looks great. And the bit, you know, and it's genuinely gruesome. When um, the kids got like worms or something, barbed wire coming out of his feet. Oh, yeah. And it's just great. I fucking love it. It's one, yeah. of, my, it's one of my favorites of this, this, whole, uh, this whole franchise and also the Freddy franchise as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, it's good that you mentioned the hand coming up at the end of Nine. Because that was Kane Hodder. Oh, was it? Can we talk about Kane Hodder? Okay. Kane Hodder gets really pissed off when he's not allowed to go back and play Jason. <laughs> yeah. And I just wonder, what's he seen that we're not? Because as far as I'm concerned, there's no distinction between any of the people that have played Jason. It's not a nuanced performance. It's not like swapping out Indiana Jones or yeah. suddenly having, you know, Hayden Christensen play Darth Vader as opposed to Dave Prowse. There's... There's no difference between is any it part, of them. Is it part seven that it was his first one or was it part six? I think six? so. He's only done like four, hasn't he? He right. did Freddy vs. Jason yeah. and he wasn't invited back to do the reboot. He didn't do Freddy vs. Jason, did he? No, he did. As far as I know, I think he did. Mm. Let's have a quick check. Let's just check before we decide this. Kane Hodder's done Friday the 13th, part seven, The New Blood. Part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Jason Goes to Hell. Jason X. Ah, so he didn't do Freddy vs. Jason. No, and so he was really pissed off about that. Yeah, and then he and refused he... to watch the remake because he wasn't in that either. But it just makes no sense why he would think that his performance is integral. I, do you know what? It is, it is interesting, actually, because I was really aware of this. Because I'd read an interview with him where he said that um, he, you know, he's obviously got views on Jason as a character and all this kind of stuff. And... And I, so I was watching the franchise with, thinking about this and how the different portrayals play on screen. And it, I mean, actually, it is noticeable because in... So comparing part six with part seven, part six was another actor. I've forgotten what his name was. Um, but he... In part six, he kind of Jason gets kicked around a lot and he's just kind of... When he gets kicked, he lies there and kind of rolls around and he's actually a bit useless. But then suddenly he's able to snap someone in half. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But this, is that down to Kane Hodder or is that just down to what the script demands? No, so then Kane Hodder came into part seven and that's when actually Jason's physicality became more believable. So when he got hit and punched around and stuff, he didn't just collapse like a, a wet fish. You know, he actually had a, a different reaction. Is that because um, Kane Hodder's built like a brick shit house? I guess so. And actually, you know, he's... But anyone could do plays that. the... Um, he plays one of the security guards and Jason goes to hell. So he Doesn't kills he? himself. Or 
yeah, he doesn't actually kill himself because Jason's in a different body. Oh, well, the but... guy's in the um, in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. The little table. Why you put a table Just in the table corridor? Just table in the corridor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the most unbelievable thing of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else I'm all right with. Yeah. The mother coming back, Jason with his weird reincarnation mm-hmm. issues, but table in the corridor. No, you lost me at table. <laughs> yeah. People were tweeting at me when I was tweeting about watching the, the Friday the 13th films. And uh, someone tweeted saying about obviously that about Kane Hodder refusing to watch the remake because he wasn't in it and all this kind of stuff. And I, it just kind of made me realize that these guys do have kind of currency in the industry and people do really care that Kane Hodder played Jason and they want him to play him forever and stuff. But yeah, I, I can see what you mean because Robert England uh, is Freddy Krueger. Like he plays him and he brings so much to it. Yeah. And, and that was apparent when they swapped him out for the new one. He was just... It was just a completely Awful. different character. Yeah. I could see why you actually wouldn't necessarily care no, about because Kane Jason Hodder. doesn't talk. No. He's just a... He's a stuntman. He's just, yeah, he's just, well, in real life he's a stuntman, but as a character, he's just a big lump that kills people. He's, it's like anyone, and anyone is, in the Michael Myers mask. Yeah. It could be anyone. Hmm. I imagine it's not been the same guy since 77. Yeah. Or 79, whenever that, that one came out. Yeah, 78. They've probably had, you know, at least five or six different Michaels. They've had however many different Jasons. There's only one person that can mm. really do Freddy. Yeah, it's true. The reboot, I found an interesting thing. I didn't realise that Slashers was so popular that we needed remakes of the old ones. I know that we had Scream and after Scream came all these things like Cherry Falls and I know what you did last summer and I still know what you did last summer and I really wish I didn't know what you did last summer and all that kind of crap. But I didn't realise that by the time that, you know, 2009 came along that we, was anyone asking for a new Jason movie? Was it that much in demand? I don't, I think it goes back to the fact that the title of the property is just so, uh, so strong. And and that mask, the mask is so iconic that I think people do, people still want another movie now. And it's been, what? It's been almost 10 years since the last one. Yeah. Um, and actually there was a, there was another Friday the 13th that for ages was on the schedule to come out this year and it just hasn't happened. The thing is Friday the 13th, the remake came out around the time when they were doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboots and A Nightmare on Elm Street came out, I think the year after that. Yeah. Um, and there was just like a spate of remaking classic ho- horror properties. Yeah. And this obviously makes sense because it has got that strong iconography and that strong uh, kind of franchise identity. You could see why the studio would want to do it for monetary reasons. You can see how like special effects have come along since mm. the 80s and how it, was, it would it look was a great. great. It was a, I think of all the films, it was the best looking one. Visually yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It's really fucking dark. Like you could yeah. barely see what's going on half the time. Well, but... Oh, I was fine. I was watching it in the dark. Well, so was I, and I was still, still struggling. Um, <laughs> but the, generally, good-looking movie. Pace as well was quite kinetic. It was quite fast. Jason. It's got two prologues. I was going to come Why has it got two it's prologues? Got two pre-title sequences. so much story to get in there. But Jason, Jason moved physically faster in this one. Oh, yeah, he ran. He ran, which... And threw things. Which makes more sense. Makes yeah. more sense. But you're right. There's two um, pre-title sequences, which makes me think... Why not just do it as two movies? Because like I said, that, that whole Mrs. Voorhees aspect, that's genuinely interesting because there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of you can have a lot of nuance with her grief and her guilt and her her want for revenge. 
it doesn't do it justice if you just shoehorn it into the credits. And I mean that literally. I love that they the prologue basically in two minutes tells you what happened throughout the entire first film. The first three films. Yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous. I would like to have seen that done as one movie. And maybe yeah. up until the point when the second prologue, maybe that could have been the first movie. And then the one we actually watched from... 25 minutes on that's the sequel i don't know i think that friday the 13th is kind of reboot proof now it's it's uh that's why they're struggling so much to get another film out there because time has moved on since the concept of the 80s you know when when the first film came out it had this really naive broad strokes very simple setup and people or audience members, especially I think horror audience members, are more sophisticated than they have ever been. Yes. And they want something more. But like they, the witch. Right. But they don't want something as naive and simple as, as the original Friday the 13th. So they try to reboot it and they try to change it up with these with these prologues and you know various backstories and all this kind of stuff. And it kind of just doesn't work. And I don't know if they're ever going to be able to find that sweet spot between modern horror and that 80s slasher that's a very specific kind of film well they've all done reasonably well um i don't really like talking about how much money a movie has made because it doesn't denote quality but looking at the money that a film has made kind of gives you an idea of how many people are going so they're they're doing all right well jason Um, x was like the least highest grossing in the entire franchise so that kind of tells you something about that i can imagine that a bit of this this trend where they remade you know all these these horror films things like um this reboot was made on like a 19 million dollar budget and it made 92 million so people are there's a want there people are going to see if it's made just under 100 million million, um the elm street remake made 115 so again people are going to go see it rob zombies halloween made 80 million and his sequel made 40 so there's a (laughs) drop off there yeah the texas chainsaw massacre made 107 but that's another one of those identifiable brands. And mm. maybe it's a case maybe it's a case that the brand, the idea of the brand is scarier and more enticing than the actual payoff when people go and see the movie. Yeah. Even if they go watch the original. Like I find the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre quite dull. It's definitely of its time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think many horror fans would wrestle you to the ground if you if you <laughs> said it was dull. But um, there's meant to be another one coming out this year, Leatherface. Seen it, awful, hated it. Did you see it? Found Where it did really you see offensive. it? Fright Fest. Fright Fest, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't know it was getting a cinema release. I thought it was just going straight it's been, to video. It's been struggling in hell, and they, they finished it two years ago. Fuck. Um, and it's just been sitting there, kind of gathering dust for a couple of years. What happens in it? So, is uh, it a Leatherface origin? It's a prequel, story? yeah. So who is he? Oh, I just can't go into it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to relive that. No. <laughs> If we're talking about the future of these kind of films, I don't play video games because I get motion sickness when I look at them. But there's been a very successful Friday the 13th video game on PlayStation 4 that people lost their shit over. And if you think about it, if it's just if these films are just predicated on someone going around stabbing this person, stabbing that person, it makes sense for it to be a video game. Then you can be Jason Voorhees and you can walk around to your heart's content stabbing all these people. It's been a massive, massive success. Yeah. So maybe that's the future for the franchise and maybe for Freddy as well. Maybe. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of find that slightly worrying that you <laughs> want to run around stabbing people. But that's what all these but games are based on. I, I probably wouldn't play it. But... No, motion sickness. <laughs> We're in our 30s. Yeah. The video game will kind of become like the ultimate snuff movie because if you're just walking around killing people, you're kind of just replicating like the heart and soul of the movie franchise, which is killing people let's kill as many people as possible well that's exactly it it's it's perfect yeah we're let's run in fact let's run down our top five deaths from throughout the film franchise history i'll say my number five then you say your number five are we doing it in order well we'll do it in order yeah so okay. i've got my top five you've got your top five okay so mine is um from Fre freddy vs jason the guy that is the 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 asshole in bed he's stabbed to death and then Jason folds the bed up and the guy's folded backwards. Uh -huh. I thought that's a horrific way to die because yeah. he hadn't he hadn't fully died from being stabbed because he was, you know, when he folded in half, he was sort of like, oh, I'm folded in half. <laughs> he had a great death face, just kind of like a weird look of shock and annoyance on his face. He'd come and then he died. <laughs> he'd come and he went. Yeah. What's your number five? So my number five is from part three and it's when Jason squeezes the guy's head so tightly that his eyeball pops out at the camera because obviously part three was 3D. Oh, yeah. so the, <laughs> yeah. the eyeball just like, boing, 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 as fact, if it's on a spring. When I was watching it, I, I didn't realize that it was in 3D. Or I didn't remember at the time, but I was just thinking, why is, why is everything played towards the camera? Yeah. Like a fist everything. comes through the glass, um, a, you the, know, a stabby thing to, I just, why is it the ev longest, why is everything towards the camera the longest yo-yo scene you have ever seen in your life it's just, it when was, he's just yo-yoing up and down for about five minutes just ridiculous yeah um my number four is from jason goes to hell um he's impaled on a stabby thing and he grabs the woman and he brings her towards him and stabs her but he's not as jason he's as rex from desperate housewives i thought that's quite ingenious <laughs> Jason's intelligence goes from being like a dumb fuck to being quite a malicious person. Yeah. So that's quite that that display. Jason, if you're listening, that displays <laughs> good intelligence to bring a woman towards you and kill her with the same spike. <laughs> What's your number four? So my number four is part four: Crispin Glover getting either a knife or a machete in the face because he did a really horrible death face. He was like kind of like really like quite not nice. I don't remember him in the movie. I don't remember his death. That's a shame. Number three, we didn't speak about it before, but it's from part four, and it's not Jason. It's the dad of the guy in the psycho house who turns out to be the killer at the end of part four. Part five? Part five, sorry, part five. And he falls off and he's impaled on some farming equipment. Oh, that was horrible. That's quite a horrible way to yeah. die because you're falling and you know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And he falls backwards as well, which is always horrible. It's like a trust game. <laughs> uh, but non-mover three. What's your three? So my part three, just because it made me laugh because it was just odd, um, is from the remake. Yes. And it's when the girl has been hit by the boat and she swims to underneath the jetty and she thinks she's safe. Oh, yes. And then the knife just comes through the jetty and just pops into her head and then lifts her out of the water but that's great like great timing great sound effect and it's just silent and obviously her tits are out of course i mean that's not the reason i chose it but it that definitely film, added to the effect that film was just i thought have we not learned have we not learned a yeah. thing she thinks she's being so clever but just just no but just in general that you know the, the the glorification of women in that movie have we not oh, learned? have we not moved on it was 2009 it was old it was creepy um number two uh, from the 2009 remake for me 
is the girl strung upside down, burning to death in her sleeping bag. Uh. I thought that was horrendous because she's unable to get out and she knows what's happening and she's she's burning to death and she's choking on the fumes from her polyester mm-hmm. um sleeping bag and then when she, when she's let out she just flops to the floor and she's dead what a yeah. horrific a truly claustrophobic hor- horrific way to die and thank god they didn't play that out in real time because that would have taken a long time for that, that would have taken a long time yeah, yeah that was probably horrific. longer than the movie itself yeah uh, my part two is obviously Kevin Bacon in Friday the 13th. Just okay. that, that, that jump when the hand comes out is f- like fantastic. So it wins on jump, I think. Did it make you scared when you watched it this second time or no. this, this time round? No. Did you, were you ever scared of the films? Um, I think the first one made me slightly unnerved, but I never really found them scary. No, I don't ever be, remember being scared of films. No. I think once you watched Halloween and you know the format. Yeah. <laughs> Number one for me, it is the worst movie, but it is the best death. And that is Liquid Freeze, Sink, Face, Smash from Jason X. <laughs> because it's done so well. The camera's yeah. in the sink and you see her scream and then freeze. Then he brings her out and then he just smacks her face on the on the desk. And shards of her frozen face just splat all over as if, she, as if he's just dropped like a slushy and it looks great and it's a horrific way to die because it's not just killing her it's adding insult to injury she's already dead and then he has to destroy he has to desecrate her body yeah it's horrific and i applaud you jason (laughs) what's your top spot my top spot has to go to part seven's sleeping bag slaying so just against the tree just just smashed her against the tree yeah i it was just so comically horrible (laughs) <laughs> uh and like it's just really like there's no escaping that you're you can't do anything about it he's just going to grab you and and beat you against a tree i do actually have one question for you okay which friday the 13th film do you think has the highest body count oh would it be the first it's not the first don't tell me the film but tell me the body count so the body count is 27 27 is it going to be Jason X because he kills all those soldiers at the beginning? No, it's not that one. 27. Did you count or did you look this up? <laughs> I counted through the medium of Google. So you looked this up. Um, 27. There can't have been that... Hmm. Is it the one where you've got the family next door because there's two lots of people to kill? No. Which one is it? It is Jason Goes to Hell. Is it really 27? Yeah. Has the highest body count of the entire franchise. Fuck. By quite some way. Like there's, yeah. a, there's another one that I think has about 20, 25. Uh, but the earlier ones have fewer, actually. Uh, Isn't that weird that by the time that we get to like the ninth film, we're so desensitized that we don't even realize that don't even notice. almost 30 people have been killed? Yeah. That would be called like a horrific day for America <laughs> if that was real. <laughs> CNN I mean, and Fox News will have a field day. Yeah. So that was the Friday the 13th franchise. It's over, Joshua. I'm so tired. It's over. Um, and that was directed by Who Gives a Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think? Tweet us your thoughts and your reviews to at Torn Stubbs Pod, even if you're listening to this episode way after we've released it. You may have sunk into a bog of despair, but hopefully you will think to share it, like it, rate us, review us. We love five Knife stab wound ratings. 
<laughs> we're off to kill the neighbours upstairs because they've done nothing but make noise throughout the recording of this podcast. So we apologise for that. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I am Joshua Winning. Cut. <laughs>